All right, open your Bibles to John 4. John 4, there are some pew Bibles there if you don't have one with you that should be up on the screen as we go, but technology doesn't always work, so there are some pew Bibles for you there. John chapter 4, and if you're just visiting with us, uh, we go through, we try our best to go through books of the Bible verse by verse, so that way we have to face the difficult passages and try to figure out what is God saying, and we do the best we can and trust in the Holy Spirit that He will reveal to us what is happening in His Word. Last week we started this section of Jesus and the woman of Samaria, this woman at the well. Many of you are familiar with that story. Some of you can remember from last week that Jesus goes and He had this divine appointment, as we called it. He had this divine appointment to meet this woman at the well. And again, the Samaritans are those people, the half-breeds, half Jewish and half Gentile, and really were looked down upon by the Jews, and they looked down on the the Jews, and Jesus goes directly to her, and he teaches her, and she was there to draw water, and he begins to use the illustration of water in the well, something in the physical world like he normally does, to teach her something spiritual, and teaching her that ultimately it is by receiving the Holy Spirit that you can have a water, a living water, that will well up into your soul, and you will not thirst any longer. So we're in the middle of that story. And she comes back to him, if you'll remember. And then she leaves her water jar there. The whole reason she went, this rejected woman who went in the middle of the day, all by herself instead of the morning or the evening with other ladies, And she goes and she gives testimony that he told her everything she had ever done. And she goes and she gives testimony to the town, and then the town comes out to see what in the world is going on. Could this be the Messiah? And that's what we're going to pick up today. So, grab your Bibles and let's start in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat! But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. Right away, Jesus is going to continue this idea of using physical things to teach spiritual things. And isn't it funny, if you're careful when you read through the texts and the Gospels, you see that Jesus seems to mess with his disciples a little bit. He does. Like, we know that the Lord has a sense of humor. We see this throughout Scripture, and we see that Jesus has it. So don't, don't be surprised that in your life when things happen... These things come together or things that you oh, obviously should have seen and all of a sudden it hits you like a ton of bricks a few weeks later. Maybe you have plans to go somewhere like West Virginia for a wedding and you're thinking, we're going to this wedding and this is going to be great and you make all these plans and you get an hour away and God says, I've got other plans. And you just shake your head and go, wow. The Lord does this out of love. He absolutely does this out of love and to humble us and remind us that He's in control. He's the one who's in control. As Brother Doug was praying earlier, even with all this stuff that's been going on, and I appreciate Ashton mentioning that, God is not worried. He's not concerned. He's not brokenhearted or surprised by anything. He has everything under control. And our job is to just trust in that. Trust in Him. So, Jesus begins to mess with them. They go into town to get food. They bring out the food to him. He still hasn't gotten the drink of water either. Remember, he asked the lady for a drink of water. It already said that he was actually tired. So we know that he's tired, probably thirsty, probably hungry. 
They go in, they bring the food out. He said, oh, I've got food to eat that you guys don't know about. <laughs> He's got a granola bar in his pocket? Where, why hasn't he been telling? Where did this come from? So they say, so the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? They just don't get it. They need to see things through different eyes. Real quick side note, we really need to see things through different eyes sometimes. There's things that we think we see or we think we know, and Jesus is just saying, I actually have something else going on. And we sometimes question it just like they're doing. What, is there other food around? What, what's going on? Now I'm completely talking about something different, Jesus says. So Jesus says to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. We're going to sit here for just a little bit. They knew that he was hungry. They knew that he was thirsty. They knew that he was tired. And he's going to take this moment. He's actually going to deny himself those things for a while, which for some of us, that wouldn't go well. If I'm hungry, I need to eat, and then I'll teach you something. Jesus is saying, no, this is more important. I need to explain to you what real food is. So I want to talk about this a little bit today, of what is the will of God? What does God have for us? This is important. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him, meaning God the Father, who sent me to accomplish his work. Question today. What is your food? What is your food? Is your food really to do the will of God? How many times do you actually wonder and struggle with what the will of God actually is for your life? Anyone ever struggle with, what is the will of God? Oh yeah. It is hard to know what the will of God is in some circumstances, so how in the world can that be our food when we don't even know what it is? It can be confusing. Brother Tom, would you raise your hand for just a second? Great question. You want to know, how do we know the will of God? Great question. Thank you for that right there. Thank you. He wants to know how we can know the will of God. Because if that's supposed to be our food, then we need to know what it is. Does that make sense? So let's jump into this. What is the will of God? Well, as we read, you have your insert, hopefully, from your bulletin. Go ahead and pull that out. Because there were a lot of notes today, and so I wanted to give you something to be able to take home so you can see what in the world is the will of God. The two verses that we read, or that were read for us by uh, Jamie and Ashton, I believe it was, are at the top here. Romans 12, 2, listen to this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. What's supposed to happen? Don't be like the world. Let your mind get renewed. Why is that helpful? Listen. That by testing you may discern what is the, what? Will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So part of how we learn what the will of God is, is we need our minds to be transformed so that way we don't look like the world. So the thing is, we want to be in a posture of following Christ and our minds being renewed so that way when the will of God or when things come, we instinctively know that's the will of God. We're full with His Spirit. We have a new mind that's being renewed. And so when the will of God comes, we can discern that will of God. It's not that situations always need to come and we need to go, all right, how can I figure out if this is the will of God? Yes, there may be some times that we do that, but ultimately the idea is that we're walking so closely with Christ, full of His Spirit, in step with His Spirit, that when things come, we instinctively know that's not the will of God and that is. Does that that make sense? 
So going into the next verse that uh, was read, Hebrews 13, 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good that you may do his will, everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So this one is actually saying that to equip you with every good thing. That actually comes from God. The equipping to know the will of God comes from God. How do we get that? Again, it's the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being given to us and us walking in step with the Spirit, and then we will know His will. Okay, So there's that side of the will of God. If we're walking in step with the Spirit, if we're following Him, if we have the Spirit of God and we're looking at His Word, then we can know the will of God. In situations. That's the first category. The second, with the remaining verses on here, listen. Some of you want to know, oh, I just want to know God's will for my life. Give thanks in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Start there. Well, I don't know if, what God's will is. Start by giving thanks in all circumstances because that is the will of God. It's clear. Will of God. 1 Peter 2.15 through 17, be subject to the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not as freedom, and not using your freedom to cover up evil. I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Submit to the authority that's put in your life as long as they're godly, as long as they're following Scripture and don't contradict Scripture. Submit to the authorities put in your life and do good. And that will put others to shame who do evil. Very clear what the will of God is. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Big word, what does it mean? Becoming more like Jesus. God wants you, His will is for you to become more like Jesus. That you abstain from sexual Immorality. That means adultery. That means pornography. That means fornication. That means if you're adultery is when you are married and you sleep with somebody else who is not your wife or husband. That's adultery. Fornication is you're not married and you sleep with someone. That is against the will of God. Looking at things on the internet. Lusting after others in your heart. Sexual morality. Don't do it. It's against the will of God. So if we're starting in these places, we can quickly find the will of God. Ephesians 5, 15-20, And look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord, what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always, again, that one pops up, for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another. I don't know what God's will is. Don't get drunk. Be filled with the Spirit. Address one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Submit to one another. The will of God. Is this mysterious? Is this mysterious at all to you? Are these things pretty straightforward thus far? Good. Micah 6.8, He has told you, O man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? What is His will? Do justice. Love kindness. Walk humbly with your God. That's simple. Last one, 1 Timothy 2.4, God who desires or wills that all people 
to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's very straightforward on that side of what the will is. So, those things are just some of the things that we need to be focusing on to do the will of God. On the other side, we also need to be walking in step with His Spirit so much that when other things come up that don't maybe fit in those categories, we know will of God, not the will of God. Now, that being said, are there ever situations that still come up that we don't know what to do? Feels like two good situations. Maybe we should move over here or I should move there. I've got this job opportunity or that job opportunity. I don't know what to do. Right? Does that happen to some of you guys too where it's not clear? Okay, well, first again, let's make sure that we're doing these, the will of God, that we're walking in step with the Spirit. But on the other side, flip over your thing. And I want to give you something practical. On Wednesday night, we're going to go over this in more detail. But I want to give you something practical. And for those of you who are wired a certain way, all these begin with P. Isn't that exciting? I mean, there's some of you that are just so excited right now. Look at Alicia. She's like, woohoo! I worked hard on that. That took me a long time. Because my mind doesn't go this way. All right? But a bunch of P things here, so that way it will help you. When you're walking, with, you're walking in step with God's Spirit, you're in His Word, you're following these other things about God's will, but you still have a situation to come to. Here's a little thing you can pull out and go, let's go through this checklist. Now, that doesn't mean just if one of these work, then you do it, okay? The idea is that this would be kind of a grid or a filter that you could filter things through. First one, purpose. Is this for the glory of God and the good of others? If whatever decision you're trying to make, is it for the glory of God and the good of others? If it is, move on. If it's not, stop. Right there. You don't need to go on any further. Plan. Is this in accordance with the plan of God? Does it go against God's word? I'm not sure if I should cheat on Heather and I should go and find another woman. (laughs) Nope, you shouldn't. It's against his plan. It's against his word. Okay? This also can come when we're talking about financial decisions, medical decisions, all kinds of different things. We can check these things. Prayer. Bathe the decision in prayer. Many times we say, oh, I'm going to pray about that. And it's like a passing prayer. I'm talking about praying where you're on your knees and you're crying out to God. You ever been there? You ever been to the end of your rope where you have nowhere else to turn and you just cry out to God? If we do that regularly and ask for wisdom from above, guess what? He'll give it to us as long as we're not doubting. He'll give us wisdom from above. Pray and ask others to pray for you. Do you believe in prayer? Like if you believe that prayer does something, like we pray and the hand of God actually moves, then why in the world would you hold things secretive from other people who could be praying for you? Why would you do that? No, get others to pray for you. Some say, well, this is a really personal issue. Okay, then find a few people who you can trust, that you can share that with. But again, hopefully we're the type of faith family that we could share anything with one another. And I think we're getting there. And in a lot of ways, I think we're there. We want people praying for us if we believe in prayer. Prompting. Do you feel the Holy Spirit's leading? This is a a mystical kind of spiritual side of this thing. I can't say whether or not the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something. If it doesn't go against Scripture, you're praying and things, and you're saying, I feel God is leading me, then okay. Ask, is God leading you? But do you also have peace? Is your soul at rest? Paul actually talks about where he says that ministry had opened up for him in one town. He's going to stay there and do this ministry, but he didn't know where Titus was. Now, he actually says ministry was opened up, meaning things are happening. And he goes, I don't know where Titus is. i got to go. He didn't have rest in his spirit. Some of us would be like, whoa, whoa, people are coming to faith and you're going to leave that to go find your brother Titus? 
Some of us would say, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You should be doing what the Lord has. For him, the Lord had, by the leading of the Spirit, to go and find Timothy because he's loving his brother. Do you have peace? People, seek wise counsel. Key word there, wise. Some of us seek unwise counsel. Oprah does not count. <laughs> Just letting you know. Doesn't count. If you, re- if, you really, if you really want to know who counts, you can come and talk to me, bring your list of people that you like to read or listen to. I'm willing to go through it with you and let you know. Okay? But seek wise counsel and see what Christians in your life think. You're not supposed to be doing this alone, and you're really not supposed to be making decisions, big decisions on your own. God has given you the gift of everybody in here who's a follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit inside of them. So if I want to do something, let's say Heather and I are feeling led. We're feeling led that we're supposed to go back overseas and serve. Well, he would be making that known to everybody just about in here. So if we go, well, we're supposed to go, and everyone goes, whoa, no, no. <laughs> you heard that wrong. See, brother, brother Doug knows. We need the body. We need the body of Christ. We need to humble ourselves and say, brothers and sisters, help us. We may have blind spots that we're not seeing. Help us. We're a gift to one another. Practical. Is this doable in your current life setting? If I owe, let's say, $100,000, and I'm like, you know what? I think I want to quit my job and start my own business. I think the rest of you need to say, you need to work. And get a second job. Okay? Is it practical? Preparation. This is not always the case. God sometimes calls us to things that he hasn't necessarily like given us experience in, but he always does prepare us. But can you see God's preparation in your life for what he's calling you to do? I wonder if I should do this or this. Well, has he been preparing you? Can others see that? Present. Is this the right thing, but possibly at the wrong time? You ever had that? Something you knew the Lord wanted you to do, it just wasn't the right time yet? Be patient. He's preparing you. Provision. Has God opened doors and made provision for this to happen? Okay? Now, we don't want to just just use that one because if you only use that one, I say, guess what? I get to go downtown and I get to be a bartender and I get to quit quit the church because uh, ultimately the door was opened. God opened that door. I'm not supposed to be here anymore because the door opened. Would God's people say the same thing? Have I been prompted by the Holy Spirit? Is this in accordance with this plan? See, you use all these together, not just one. Passion. On the last thing, let me say this. God gives us our passions. He gives us those desires of things. Part of the way we understand when it comes down to it, and you're like, I just want to make a decision. Is it the red car or the blue car? I don't know. I've gone through. (laughs) Is this part of God's purpose? You know, you've gone through. Financially, you can do it. Everything comes down to and you don't know which car to get. What's your favorite color? I just love blue. Go with the blue one then. And then ultimately, trust in the sovereignty of God. Trust in the sovereignty of God. If you've done all this, make your decision and move forward and ask God to stop you if it's wrong and you're just going to move forward. If you do these things, if you walk in step with God's Spirit, you're constantly feeding on His Word, you're in it with His people, you do all these different things and you make a decision, listen, there's a good chance it's going to be okay. And then ultimately, even if it's not, God is still sovereign and he'll work it for your good anyway. Does that make sense? All right, good. Let's get back into the text. That was the intro. All right. So Jesus said to him, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. 
Now we've got a, hopefully a little more framework for the will of what God is doing, the will of God. Verse 35, Do not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for the harvest. Jesus is explaining right here that ultimately, I think he's talking about the Samaritans who are coming from the town. Remember, they're coming. The, the, the woman just went in. Now, again, this, this, this goes beyond that, but I think what Jesus is saying is here, is, is he's saying, yes, the harvest. What's going on with the harvest? Usually there'd be four months for them in, their, in this area of the world that scholars would say that as they, they plant and they get ready, they have to wait for at least four months to the harvest. What Jesus is saying is now there's a different thing going on in the kingdom of God. Now there are still people who are reaping and sowing at the same time. And so what he's saying is, don't wait, look up. Here comes people right now. They're coming and they're ready. Don't wait. He's teaching his disciples right now, and by extension he's teaching us, we don't need to wait. We need to share the gospel with people because people are ready to hear. Some of us need to be sowing and just sharing the gospel and loving people and giving them Bibles and tracts and other things. And then God also will use some of us to actually bring people to faith. Both are happening right now. And he's teaching him this. Already, verse 36, this one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. This will ultimately happen in the end of all things when we all rejoice together, but it's beginning with Jesus' new kingdom this is prophesied in Amos 9.13. This is actually the time where this is beginning to happen at the same time. And we can rejoice in people coming to salvation. Verse 37, For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. He's talking about the work that had been done beforehand. Maybe the fact that he had just shared with the woman and the woman had went into town and now she's shared some and people are coming out to hear. There's labor that had been going on that the disciples didn't have any idea. They're like, hey, we're getting bread. There's stuff happening all the time. It's stuff that we haven't necessarily done. But others have been laboring and then we get to come and reap. Other times you are laboring and you don't get to see the results. That's okay, rejoice. God's word will not return void, and people will still believe even after you go. You're a part of the story. You're a part of the story. Verse 39. Many Samaritans from, the town, from that town believed in him. Listen to this. This is incredible. Because of the woman's testimony, he told me all that I ever did. Her testimony was the vehicle that God used for people to believe in him. Do you remember what her testimony was? Do you remember when she's saying, he told me all that I ever did? Was it something that was really great and awesome? And so everyone was like, oh, wow, you're so amazing. You were the perfect kid in high school and college, the perfect athlete, and then you follow Jesus. Oh, that's great. That's a great testimony. You've always been in the Christian family. That's incredible. Yes, God uses that, but what is her testimony? It's the other end. Right? We had Nathaniel earlier, who there was a, a Jew, there was no deceit found. He comes. But now we have her, and her story's a little different. But what's interesting is God uses that. Listen to me carefully. God can use you in the present no matter what's happened in the past. 
no matter what's been done to you, no matter what you've done, God can use you for great things in the present. Do you believe that? You need to believe that. Here's what Satan's going to tell you. He's going to say, no, he can't. No, he won't. Mm -mm. You're too bad. You've done too much. You're beyond that point. God says, no. I'm going to use you for the harvest of so many who are ready to believe. And all we need to do is tell them they're ready. Because of the woman's testimony, he told me all that I ever did. Verse 40. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. They were just passing through. But God knew of this divine appointment. Jesus knew he needed to be there. And this woman's testimony, the one that people wouldn't even go to the well with her, they go, we need to hear more from you. Don't leave yet, Jesus. Because if you're willing to love this lady, you've got something else. You've got some great things. We need to hear more from you. And many more. Check this out. Verse 41. This is encouraging. And many more believe because of his word. You see what happens? We share what he's done in our lives, all that he's ever done in our hearts and our minds, our testimony that brings people to a certain point of belief. And then there's, it's time for them to look for themselves. Have you done that? I hope that you're not here just because somebody else wants you here. I hope you're not here or you're following Jesus because mom or dad or grandpa or grandma, husband, wife, whatever, is just because, well, I feel like I kind of need to go. At least that's good that you're here, but ultimately following Jesus, follow him because it's your decision. Own it. And if you're going to own following Jesus, then really follow him. Okay. Last things. They said to the woman, look at this, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. Do you remember the debate he was having with the girl earlier? She was saying, where are we supposed to worship? Is it on this mountain or that mountain? They had their own idea of a Messiah. Notice what the people moved to. They didn't say the Taheb, which was the name of their Messiah. They didn't use the word Messiah in the sense of the Jewish Messiah. Look what they moved to. After spending time with Jesus, they now say, we have heard for ourselves and we know indeed he's the Savior of the world. Of us, of you guys, and eventually we're going to see next week even of those Gentiles over there. So of the Jews of the mixed breed of the Jews and the Gentiles, and next week we're going to see even the Gentiles. He covers it all. That's the type of Savior He is. The three takeaways, things I want you to work on this week or think through, ask God, even during our invitation time. Ask God to reveal to you, is really His will your food? Is that really your food, or is it not? What are you passionate about all the time? What are you thinking about? What makes you extremely angry? Where do you spend your time? Where do you spend your money? Where's all your focus? Is it on the will of God and His work? Or is it on other things? Second thing, 
remember that God can use your past to reach others in your present. He can use you no matter what's happened. And the last thing is, again, the encouragement to know the Savior for yourself. Not just based upon what you heard other people say. Get in His Word and know the Savior for yourself. Let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that You have been kind to us, as always, that You have loved us so much in Christ Jesus that You have given Your Son to die on the cross in our place for our sins. Lord, that we deserved Your wrath, but instead You've poured it out on Your Son and You have given us His righteousness because You've loved us. And Lord, that is a baffling thing. And I pray, Lord, that if there's anyone here today that has not understood that in the past, has never really believed in You for themselves, Lord, I pray that today they would. And Lord, for those in here who have, who have been following You, Lord, I pray that we would be reminded of what Your will is And Lord, help us to love your will, love your word, love your ways so much that it is actually our food. And Lord, not that we have to eat it because it's bad tasting food, but Lord, it's the best food we could ever have. And when we have that, we never go hungry. Just like when we have your spirit, we will not be thirsty as long as we continue to drink from you and eat the food that you give, which is your will. Lord, if anyone needs to repent of sin today and confess that to the church, I pray that they would do it. Lord, if anyone wants to come forward to express the fact that they want to join our church, I pray that they would do it. If anyone wants to express that they have not been following you and they need to be baptized, I pray that they would come and do that. And Lord, if, again, people do not know you, I pray that today they would cry out to you. Lord, we are thankful that you are so good. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.